Hi, thanks for listening to C3 Hobart Online. If this message impacts you in any way, please don't hesitate to contact us. We hope you enjoy this message. Good morning, everybody. Merry Christmas. We're so close. We are so close. For those that uh, I haven't met before, hi, my name's Alicia. I am uh, part of the team here and you get to listen to me for the next 20 minutes. Yes, you do. So we are going to get straight into it. If you've got your Bibles uh, with you this morning, why don't you turn with me to Isaiah? And uh, I am going to preach my heart out this morning because we've got a really good God. And so I'm going to preach my heart out. You can yell at me. I like it. You can yell Merry Christmas to me whenever you feel like it because I love Christmas too. Merry Christmas. All right, Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 1. And it says this, it says, Nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. I think it's coming up in a minute. So it says this, first verse, listen. Nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. Amen? Say that to yourself. Nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. Ah, amen. The land of Zebulun and Naphtali will be humbled, but there will be a time in the future when Galilee of the Gentiles, which lies along the road that runs between the Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. This is a prophecy from the book of Isaiah. It's a prophecy about the future to the, to the Israelites and the Jews who were living in this area. There's two towns there, Zebulun and Naphtali, which I will talk about later on. In verse 2, it says, The people who walk in, great, in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. You will enlarge the nation of Israel and its people will rejoice. They will rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest and like warriors dividing the plunder. For you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. You will break the oppressor's rod just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. The boots of the warrior... And the uniforms bloodstained by war will all be burned. They will be fuel for the fire. For a child is born to us. A son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all of eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. Amen? All right. Who loves Christmas? I love Christmas. I am your worst Christmas nightmare. I am that person who turns up to work with the Christmas hat on and the Christmas jewellery. I am that person who loves a carol. I don't know if you've noticed over the last few weeks. Last night I had my work Christmas dinner and Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas has never sounded so good. Uh-huh. I was building it out and my work colleagues, they thought it was amazing. And there is some kind of anticipation about Christmas, you know, like... I don't care what anyone says, it is about presents. It's totally about presents. It's totally about anticipating those things that are going to be sitting under the tree with my name on it come 25th of December, Mark Lees. (laughs) 
And I remember lying there as a child on Christmas Eve, lying in bed, going, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep, and waking up that next morning and stepping out of my bedroom, and there was a red bike sitting under the Christmas tree, and I was awestruck. How did a bike get in our lounge room? That is amazing. And I remember later on when I was older and I went to work in Melbourne and I flew in for Christmas and I got home and I saw my parents and then this handsome boyfriend that I had at the time was hiding in the house. He'd come to welcome me home, Mark Lease. <laughs> but this... <laughs> yeah, bring back the red bike. No. <laughs> Kidding. <laughs> But the sense of anticipation, that scripture from Isaiah was written as a prophecy, a sense of excitement and a sense of anticipation that something different was going to happen. It was 700 years around about when that prophecy was written before Christ came to the earth. 700 years. Imagine living in anticipation for 700 years. But also, not only was it 700 years, but when that prophecy came, it was a very, very dark time for the Jewish people. That prophecy came out as good news in the middle of darkness. They'd had a bad year, as you might say. The Assyrian army had attacked from the north gone through two tribal areas, Zebulun and Naphtali. Down they came, killing, murdering, destroying homes, taking people captive. And that's what was happening right when that prophecy came about. Not only was it dark then, but it took 700 years for that prophecy to come to pass. Now, I've said 700 years before, but that was probably when I was having an attack of the drama queens. But really, for them, 700 years of darkness, of pain, of suffering, of loss. 300 of those 700 years, God was completely silent. He didn't say anything in the middle of their darkness. So what happens when our anticipation and our excitement about Christmas gets overrun by something dark? Maybe a chapter in our lives that's brought sadness, pain, grief. I remember back 11 years ago, a bit over 11 years ago, I was pregnant. And I was a good-looking pregnant woman. I was huge. <laughs> and some of you know this story, but I'm sure many of you have only known me for a little bit of time, so I'm going to tell it again. <laughs> but um, at the 20-week scan, I was, I'd been very, very sick, falling pregnant with my first child. And uh, we went along to the 20-week scan. And it was that anticipation and excitement of seeing my firstborn, well, firstborn Jack, as he is now. Here he is in the second row. In my tummy, 
And I was lying on the bed as the radiographer was doing the picture and a silence fell over the room. And it went on and it went on. And I just got this sense that something's not quite right. And then she stood up and she said, I just need to go and get the radiologist. And she stepped out of the room, brought the radiologist in, the senior doctor. And he started scanning and then he turned to me and he said, your baby doesn't have a left hand. And I said, will it grow? <laughs> Isn't it funny what you say in the middle of those moments? And he said, well, no, um, but hands are not normally just hands. They're normally signs of um, either a significant syndrome, potentially heart defects, or potentially a significant disability. And he finished the scan, washed his hands, said you should go and see your, uh, your obstetrician, maybe go and see a, a paediatrician, off you go. And I remember walking out of that scan with my husband and we stood on the corner of the street and we just held each other. And then we came up to church because that's where you run, in the middle of your darkness. But for the next 20 weeks, as Mark and I grappled with that news, we didn't tell anybody. And so around us was this great celebration of this impending birth of a baby. And people would come up and say, are you so excited? And I'd say, yes, and I was. But I remember sitting in the baby's room and I couldn't put the stickers on the wall. I couldn't wash the clothes. I couldn't do what you would normally do in a celebration and anticipation of a great moment. I'm going to come back to that story later. But there's something about a dark moment in your life right in the middle of when you're supposed to be partying that has an incredible impact. And this time of the year is our most reflective, our most nostalgic, in the middle of what is a great celebration right across our community. It seems that all those things that are dark get heightened as well. And I was scrolling through my social media this week. I was watching my news feed at work. And these are the, some of the topics that came up about Christmas. How to reduce the Christmas stress. Cancel Christmas and love yourself. Christmas is not that fun for everyone. Millennials hoping there is no room for the in-laws at Christmas. <laughs> That's quite funny, that one. <laughs> Christmas Eve may bring seasonal spike in heart attacks, study warns. It's good news. Elderly woman cuts down Christmas lights in the middle of the night. <laughs> Brilliant. I love the news. 
what to eat and drink this Christmas if you're gluten-free, sugar-free, vegan? Ah. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Coping at Christmas. Five ways to look after your mental health and dealing with grief this Christmas. So in the lead up to what seems like an exciting, colourful, idealistic, extroverted party time of the year, it can be a dark time for many. And there can be a huge gap for each of us between what our expectations of Christmas are and what our reality is. I want you to fast forward with me now to Matthew chapter 2. And we're 700 years down our timeline. Matthew chapter 2. And it says this, it says, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. And about that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose in the night sky and we have come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. And he called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of the religious law and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah, for a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men and he learned from them the time when the, when the star first appeared. Then he told them, go to Bethlehem, and search carefully for the child. And when you do find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. And after this interview, the wise men went away. And the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over a place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. And they entered the house and saw the child with his mother Mary. And they bowed down and worshipped him. And they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. The Christmas star, that star on the top of your Christmas tree is such a symbol of a light shining in the middle of darkness. Isn't it interesting that when you study the Bible, Jesus has a habit of turning up in the darkness. There's always a darkness to see the light. It was night time. And the Christmas star had risen in the night sky to guide those wise men, those magicians, to go and worship Jesus, to find him. Jesus has a habit of turning up in dark places. He was born in a barn shed in the middle of chaos. There was no room in Bethlehem for him. And he still came right in the middle of that barn. He came to a woman in a well who was scorned and put aside from her community. She was out, isolated, alone, and Jesus turned up. There was a family whose child had died, and Jesus came in their grief and raised her from the dead. There was a woman in a crowd of people who'd been suffering for years and years from a debilitating illness, and Jesus turns up in the middle of a crowd, and she's healed. 
There was Mary and Martha. Chaos and mayhem in their house. They were doing everything they could to prepare for Christmas dinner. Martha was exhausted. She had all of these responsibilities, all these things she had to do. Jesus turned up, sat in her lounge room and said, stop and come and be with me. He turned up in a remote place, in a cave, in a peninsula on an island where a man had been tormented for years and years by evil spirits. Jesus turned up and those evil spirits went. When Jesus died on that cross, the Bible says it went dark for three hours from noon till 3 p.m. Three days later, he didn't stay dead. He didn't let the darkness win, but he rose again and destroyed that darkness. Now, if we wind back to those two towns, to Zebulun and Naphtali, They were the two towns. That name means, listen to this, darkness, dark land, contempt. It was a miserable land, a land of extreme sadness and despair. The people in those lands that were overtaken by the Assyrians, they had gloom, darkness, no future and no life. And yet, guess what? Jesus launched his ministry in a place called Galilee, which was exactly where those two towns were. 700 years later, Jesus came to Damascus around the Sea of Galilee and that's where he found his disciples and started that ministry. Jesus is proof that God never turns his back on people who are living in darkness. So what am I saying? What am I saying to you this morning? Where do all those stories lead? The prophecy in Isaiah, the Christmas star, me sitting in my room, not being able to prepare for the birth of my beautiful boy. It says that no matter what chapter of your life you've written this year, whatever darkness has happened in whatever season of your life, there is a light. There is a light. The Bible says in John 1, listen to this. John 1 says this. He existed in the beginning with God and his life, Jesus' life, brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never distinguish it. 1 John 1, 5 said, This is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you, God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. John 8 and verse 12 says, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't live in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. In 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9, it says, You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God because He called you out of the darkness and into His wonderful light. And Psalm 27 verse 1 says this, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? In my darkest hour, I wanted to cancel the party. I wanted to cancel the celebration. 
I wanted to turn the lights off. But it didn't matter. No self-help book on grief would help. No hiding in my bed was going to help. Jesus was the only one that helped during that time. He was the stronghold and the light of my life. He's the one that lifted me out and walked me through that journey of my life. He's the one that brought my miracle boy into the world. And you know what? Jack doesn't have any syndromes. He doesn't have any heart defects. He doesn't have any disability whatsoever, do you, Jacko? (laughs) Because he is an answer to the prayers. And Jesus was the light. He is the one that we celebrate at Christmas. It doesn't matter what pain we're going to carry through Christmas. We will carry those. In the light of Christmas, those things come up. We get nostalgic. We get reflective. But what we are celebrating is what Jesus is to humanity. That His birth and His death and His resurrection change darkness forevermore. That He is the one true light that pushes away all darkness. That He is our peace that passes all understanding. That He is a hope in the middle of despair. That He turns our sorrows into dancing. That He's the one that lifts our hands and lifts our head when we can't. Hebrews 4 says that this high priest, and he's talking about Jesus, he understands our weakness. For he faced all the same testings that we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy. And we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Jesus understands. He gets the pain. And He's our light. Jesus is the reason for, the Christ- for Christmas. You have every reason for joy this Christmas. For some of you, it won't be joy because of your current situations but it will be a deeper joy of knowing that Jesus was born for me and for you. Jesus walked through the darkness of a death on a cross for you and me. He handled the weight of every sin upon himself. But that moment of darkness did not last. It did not last. He didn't cancel humanity. He didn't stop the story with death. Instead, he rose again victorious and he started a whole new chapter. He broke every chain of sin and death over our lives. He restored us once and for all to God the Father and he restored a pathway for each of us to be reconciled with the one true God who made us and loves us with all of his heart. That's what we're celebrating this Christmas. That is my light in the darkness. Let's just close our eyes. Jesus, we just can't thank you enough.
Jesus, we just give you this moment in time at Christmas to say thank you. Thank you for coming. Thank you that that Christmas star rose in the night sky to signal the end of a dark period and a hope for the future. Thank you for the life that you walked. Thank you for for your death. Thank you for what you did for me. Thank you that now I can live in peace and joy and faith and love and hope because of what you did. Just as we all have our eyes closed and our heads bowed, maybe you're here this morning and that you know that you're searching Wondering if God is there. Maybe you've never heard about this man called Jesus, who was God's son. The history books have recorded that Jesus came to earth. And you know, God is just saying to you this morning, I sent my son to pay the price for you, that every pain, Every time you've missed the mark, every sin in your life, I sent my son to carry that away for you, to take that punishment on the cross for you. And it's a free gift, says God, to you this morning. All you have to do is say, Jesus, thank you. I accept the gift that you've given me of you dying on my cross and taking my sins. Please forgive me. And I welcome you into my life. And we say, I welcome you into my life as my Lord and my Saviour. It means, God, I give you the right to come back into my life and direct my life. And God, thank you that you have brought me out of sin and out of darkness and given me a new day today, starting in light and love and hope. That's what that prayer is. If you're here this morning and you've never done that, I'm going to give you an opportunity. We want to pray with you this morning. I'm going to ask you just to pop up your hand while all eyes are closed and all heads are bowed. Just acknowledge that God is speaking to you this morning. Put your hand up. I'm going to acknowledge it. You can put it down again. Then we're going to pray for you at the end of the service. Is there anyone here this morning at Christmas time that wants to accept Jesus into their lives? Is there anyone here this morning? I'm just looking around. Are there any hands? Just pop them up. You can pop them down again. Is there anyone here this morning as I look around? You could feel it. That's God just moving in your world saying, it's Christmas. Come home. Come home. Let's write a new chapter together. Just as I look around the room one more time, is there a hand here this morning that wants to do that? Thank you, Jesus. Let's stand up in his presence this morning. Thank you for listening to C3 Hobart Online. If this message has impacted you in any way, please don't hesitate to contact us at c3hobart.org.au.